The opener is around the corner. We are talking here on Friday afternoon, less than a week away from the Twins opener in Kansas City. Lots of news out of Twins camp. We're going to get to it all. By the way, this is an international show. Roy is in Zuatanejo, Mexico. I am in frigid Minnesota, uh, and uh, I am jealous, although I got to spend last week in New Orleans, so I can't really complain too much. Uh, But to get to the baseball, uh, the Twins earlier today announced that Pablo Lopez would be their opening day starter. I'm not shocked by that because I, I, I figured it would be either Lopez or Sonny Gray or Joe Ryan. But I guess I'm mildly surprised just because he's the newcomer. What are your thoughts, Roy? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's that there was probably some discussion about that. You know, I mean, I, I think he immediately, I, I mean, I really like this guy. So for me, he jumps to the to the ace category, you know, the number one starter for the, for the Twins. And so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, to the degree that they try to take care of, you know, the psyches of their other guys that they like a lot, Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray, uh, you know, I think there probably was some discussion, you know, about that. But I think that's the right choice. I think it sets up the rotation very nicely. And who would you go with number two? You know, I think I might go, uh, I think I might go Joe Ryan next and, and then and Sonny after that. But uh, we'll see. I, I think it's, it's about a horse apiece. The only thing I'm thinking about at all is that, uh, Pablo Lopez is a fastball changeup pitcher. Uh, Sonny Gray is a uh, fastball curveball changeup, you know, pitcher. Uh, splitting them up might not be a bad idea. Putting the uh, uh, the relatively younger guy in, in between them, you know, I, those are. I, I don't have a real strong argument one way or the other, but those are, those would be the things I would think about. Makes sense. Uh, this is Chin Music. This is our baseball show at TalkNorth.com. You're listening to Roy Smalley, former Twins great, current Twins broadcaster. I'm Jim Suhan from the Star Tribune. Our partner is Lavelle Neal III. He is also a Star Tribune columnist. Uh, hoping to hear from him a little later in the show. He's working down in Fort Myers right now. Uh, before we get to any more baseball, i got to say I had a, I, I've had a pretty good music uh, run here. Uh, and I know we usually we save the music talk till the end of the show. Got to see Springsteen at XL. And went down to New Orleans, went to Preservation Hall, heard the Preservation Hall uh, band play. Of course, heard music all over New Orleans, including on the streets. It was fantastic. What are you listening to these days? You know what I'm listening to these days? Uh, Lavelle got me so pumped several months back when uh, he said he was going to uh, see Kenny Wayne Shepherd at Mystic Lake. And I uh, went to my son and my son's-in-law and I said, hey, I got an idea. Let's see what we can get. My One of my son uh, son in law jumped right on that. We got phenomenal seats. We were seventh row dead center for Kenny Wayne Shepherd, and what a show that was! Oh my wow. gosh, it was that's beautiful, fantastic. All right, let's get back to baseball. I mean, we're fantastic. we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studios. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thanks also to TSR Injury Law six one two TSR Time. We'll tell you more about them later. If you'd like to advertise with the show as the season gets rolling here, you can read. Reach our sales executive, former Twins salesperson, Karen Cleary, K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, if you like any shows at the network, subscribe to them at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can always go to TalkNorth.com and check out our large volume of sports shows, outdoor content, uh, variety shows. We've had a Joe Anderson, Dave Lee. We have Mike Grimm on the Gophers. Uh, Check it all out. We do appreciate it. And our producer is Brandon Morton. So there's news out of uh, camp, and it's not all good. Uh, 
Jorge Polanco and, and Alex Kirilov are going to start the year on the injured list. Uh, Kirilov because of a sore wrist, Polanco because uh, still some soreness in his surgically repaired knee. Uh, and I don't want to overreact to that, but it just doesn't, it doesn't put a good feeling in your stomach after watching injuries really destroy this team last year. Yeah, it's really true, isn't it? I mean, it just feels really bad uh, that uh, Polanco was uh, hurt and uh, largely ineffective for him the whole second half of the season uh, with, you know, his various leg issues. He's had ankles and he's now at the knee. And and Kirilov has been battling this wrist for what seems like ever now. And it just doesn't feel good, does it? It's uh, Those two guys, I, I think, are, are real key components of a um, of a, the offense that the twins would try to put together to support this pitching staff that they've that they have uh, put together so um yeah it just it, it's really it it really doesn't feel good and I, I feel bad for those players and and feel bad for us fans you know not you know with the specter of it being you know another injury plague year i mean cut right from the gate and the other uh, developments uh, jose miranda is still trying to get his uh, shoulder loose and get to the point where he can just play third base. Obviously, if he's missing from the open day lineup, you're really looking at a what's going to feel like a B squad. And the other development is they have decided that Byron Buxton is going to, early in the season, is going to be a DH uh, before they feel like he is ready to really cut loose in center field. Now, this all does uh, point to why they were so intent on adding utility players. Michael Taylor now is going to be your starting center fielder early in the season. Uh, Kyle Farmer, Nick Gordon, and Solano are going to be your utility infielders. It looks like they're going to get a lot of use. Trevor Larnick probably makes the team now because of the other players not making it. Uh, He's he's looked good this spring, Uh, but it does raise two questions. It looked like they were going to have a phenomenal defensive team and now instead of an outfield of Gallo, Buxton, Kepler, which would have been, you know, as good as you can get, it's going to be Larnick, Taylor, Kepler, which still might be above average and good, but it's not, you know, it's not the all-world outfield they had hoped. Uh, infield defense, we don't know what that's going to look like. And if uh, Kirilov and Polanco are not available to you, then we're then you're still looking at, you know, some problems in the middle of the order. Yeah, you really are. They've got problems, as we've talked about, you know, enough. I don't have to keep beating this up, but uh, we, we talked about, you know, not having a bona fide uh, third or fourth hitter in the middle of the lineup. Uh, put together a lineup of a lot of good hitters that, um, you know, one through at least seven uh, can do damage. And together as a group, they can do damage. But they don't have the type of uh, lineup uh, if any of those guys, a couple of those guys get hurt you know, two or three of them. So, and now we're starting with two of them, uh, not, not starting. So yeah, that's, that's an, that's an issue. There's no question about it. Who in this division do you think is, uh, should be favored at this moment? Well, I, I said it, uh, you know, I think it, at, at the beginning or midway through, you know, last year, I mean, you just, you, you can't count out Cleveland pitching. Uh, and they've, they've, Come up with some younger guys and and uh, a combination of offense that that seems to to get the the job done. I would still say, you know, Chicago is. Uh, I, I would say that it would be Chicago based on talent. I did say this for sure last year. 
I think it, at the beginning of the year, I think it's Chicago just based on the talent that they have. And somehow, once again, they, they didn't perform the way uh, on paper it said that all those, uh, all those guys, you know, all that talent should perform. So, you know, until it's, you know, it's Cleveland until it's not, I think. Yeah, and it's really interesting, too, because I have a piece going in the Sunday Star Tribune. I talked to Derek Falvey uh, about how he and uh, Andrew Miller, the CEO, COO of the Minnesota Vikings, and Quezzi Odolfo Mensa, now the general manager of the Vikings, they uh, were all buddies with Mike Chernoff, the Guardians general manager back in the day. Uh, Quezzi, who was working for Wall Street and then for the 49ers, uh, was a high school roommate, I mean, I'm sorry, college roommate of Mike Chernoff's. So he and his buddies would go down to Arizona for a spring training trip and they'd hang out with the Guardians people. That's how Quezzi and uh, Derek Falvey ended up meeting. And then you start, you know, as you're, I'm talking to everybody about this story, you start realizing just how many really smart people uh, have come through that Cleveland organization. You know, they have Tito Frank- Francona, one of the best managers. They've had Mark Shapiro. They replaced him with, with Chernoff, who's excellent. They know how to find and develop pitching, which Falvey was a part of when he was there. Uh, they just, you know, they aren't going to beat themselves. They're going to they're pitch. They're going to they're gonna play defense. Uh, and if they can just find a way to score some runs, they're always dangerous. Yeah, really true. And, and they've had some guys uh, really, really step up. Ahmed Rosario at shortstop. I, I, I had a terrific year last year. Way more offense than I think they they thought they were going to get from him, and he was a he was a big part of that. And Quan, uh, their fleet footed left fielder, looks like a Luis Arise kind of hitter. Um, so, and he had, he had a terrific year to you know to show for himself. So, yeah, they've done some things uh, both in the organization and bringing bringing people in that uh, it just like. You know, the Twins are hoping to do now uh, support the pitching staff that they've built. Sounds like Lavelle will be joining us from Fort Myers here in a little bit. I think he got caught in an interview. Uh, we're going to get the update from Lavelle on what he has been seeing as he's been down in Fort Myers for a couple of weeks now. Uh, we do want to thank Aquarius Home Services again. We are being brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. Here's more about Aquarius Home Services. Scott here, your Aquarius Home Services radio guy. Question, what makes water good water? As your local authorized Connecticut dealer, we're here to help everyone know that good water is just water. What I mean is that other stuff that isn't supposed to be in water isn't in your water. Stuff like iron, dissolved rock, or contaminants that maybe aren't so good for you. Concerned about what's in your water? Whether it's city or well, schedule your free water analysis at ConnecticutMN.com. Aquarius, earning the right to be recommended. We also want to tell you about All Energy Solar. The website to remember, allenergysolar.com slash coach, C-O-A-C-H, allenergysolar.com slash coach. All Energy Solar is delivering quality solar installations for home and businesses since 2009. You can get a free quote at that website. You want to be more green this year? Solar energy can help. Once again, go to allenergysolar.com slash coach. The electrical grid has limited space for renewable energy, so beat the rush and plan your solar installation soon. Once again, allenergysolar.com slash coach for a free site assessment. And solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms. Read their ebook on energy storage plus solar at allenergysolar.com slash battery. So go to allenergysolar.com. You'll get everything you need to know about going solar. 
Thanks also to TSR Injury Law, a sponsor of many shows across the network. 612-TSR-TIME. We don't want you to need an injury lawyer, but if you need one, you need a really good one. You need someone who's going to make it the whole process easier. You want somebody who's going to win your case. TSR Injury Law will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's how they've become such a great Minnesota business success story. They take care of people. So if you're injured, remember 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. We have talked about batting orders. It almost feels like I don't. I don't know what they do with the batting order if they're missing Kirilov and Polanco and maybe Miranda. Do you, would you consider uh, if that's the case, moving Buxton and Correa more into the middle of the order? Or do you think they're they're better off just starting things off? You know, I I I don't have a great answer for that. I was thinking about Rocco and what and his tendency to you know go by uh, the analytics of how certain guys uh, hit. Uh, you know the pitcher of the day or the bullpen of the day, and uh, and also who riding who's hot, you know, at the time. So I, I think there's two ways that one of two ways he's going to go. Uh, I, my my uh, tendency, if I were in his shoes, would be to move Correa and Buxton back uh, and um, and get the you know the good hitters, the guys that have you know that have been there and driven in runs. Uh, get them back behind somebody, uh, and then the question is, okay, who's the somebody? And, and they got to figure that out. So with this, these two guys out, there's there's two things they have to figure out: who's who are the somebodies that are going to get on for Correa and 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 uh, Buxton, and maybe Gallo and uh, Miranda and and Kepler, or uh, if if it's Buxton, Correa, one, two, who are the guys that are going to move them around? It, it, it's a uh, and that's what you know. That's what we're talking about when we say they they, they have a hard time losing a couple of uh, key components of the uh, of the offense because they, uh, as good as I think one through seven could be, um, it, it's it's not the same if uh, you pick any two of those uh, guys and it, and it becomes it becomes less offense clearly. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we, my paper just did a big spread on the effects of all the new rule changes. Uh, in general, are you in, or maybe we should go more specifically. What do you think about the rules changes? I personally am looking forward to shorter, crisper games. Do you have any worries in that regard? No, I really don't. I like the the best rule change they made. I think was the was the pitch clock, and you know. Yep. Yeah, you get the get the pitchers ready. Get the, keep the guys in the box. I mean, I I think that is is the best one. I mean, I don't know how the the anti shift um, is gonna is gonna play out. Ultimately, there's all kinds of nuances to that. I didn't really care too much about it, but yeah, I I, I just think it's funny uh, that you designate where guys can play and where they can't play uh, in the big leagues. But uh, however that. However, that shakes out. I mean, I'm I'm just totally ambivalent about about that. I think the, I think speed, anything they can do to speed up the game, is the right thing to do. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, let's let me ask you this because one of the things we've heard from so many former players, uh, people around the game is okay. You know, don't complain about the shift. Beat the shift. You as a, a very, very talented, very capable, uh, studious major league hitter. If, you know, you're up there as a lefty and 
the they sh- they put the third baseman in the outfield wherever they think you're going to hit the ball in short right field or right center wherever it may be. Would you have altered your swing to beat the shift, or would you have just said I'm going to take my normal approach? Well, first of all, I was a pretty good sacrifice bunter. I never bunted for base hits very much, but I was a good sacrifice bunter. And when they, if they shifted me where there's nobody on that left side except a, a shortstop that's playing, you know, playing deep short, um, I'd square around and bunt the ball down the third baseline and, and kind of coast down to first base. I mean, I couldn't, st- I couldn't stand to have them do that to me. <laughs> where they said, you know, we, go ahead, hit, you know, pull the ball as much as you want. Uh, we don't think you can hit it, you know, do any damage. And, or, uh, yes, I would have altered my swing. I think, I, I think there's enough. Uh, it, there, it's easy enough. I won't say easy, but I mean, it, a major league hitter can stand up there and get the ball out over the plate and, and, and hit the ball in the opposite field. If you can't do that, I mean, I just don't think you're a big league hitter. And so that challenge to me, I, you know, I, I would have had to accept um, and, instead of, instead of uh, you know hitting into all those uh, all those defenders and frankly what made it makes it easy for me to say that is because I've seen what happens when a, a player will do that all it takes is one bunt to the third base side by a left-hand hitter against the shift and they start moving back around if you do it twice they, then they won't shift you anymore I mean it, it'd be one thing if they if they're they're handing it to you and say look we just don't want you to pull the ball because you might hit it over the fence or you might hit it off the wall or we think you're a pull hitter, you're going to hit it over here. So you go ahead and hit it to the left as often as you want um, for hits. That's not what they do. They, they, uh, by behavior, what they've said is, uh, we think that you're just going to hit, keep hitting into the shift, and uh, we're, we're in a good defensive alignment with nobody on the left side. And, and, and yet, when you do get a bunt base hit or hit the, slap the ball over there, then here they come. The behavior changes. So I, I, I would not have let them. I, I would not have been able to let them challenge me like that and say you're you you can't get hit over there. I, I'd be up there going, oh, I think I really think I can. And yet, so many hitters just insisted on taking their normal at bat, hitting into the shift, being frustrated by it. Do you think that is? Uh, sheer stubbornness. Do you think it's concern for not being able to put up power numbers? If they don't, if if they had, you know had bunted, or is it an, was it a complete inability to bunt or or to hit the other way? What do you think was the cause of hitters not reacting the way you would have? I think it's the uh, it's a combination of all of the above, everything that you mentioned. I mean, if you think about it, first of all, guys are getting paid to hit the ball out of the ballpark now, and they've re- they've re-engineered their swings. You hear all this talk about launch angle and you know all that kind of stuff, and so that's what they're doing. It's it's a launch angle world. It's a power uh, expectation world, and um, so guys are reluctant to a give up the opportunity that they might hit a home run. I mean, wh- who wants a bunt single when I might hit the ball out of the ballpark? Um, and uh, they're reluctant to. You do have to change your swing a little bit if you're going to hit the ball in the opposite field. You have to you have to change your swing a little bit. It's not it's not a huge swing change adjustment i mean it, it wouldn't it doesn't seem like it would take a big league hitter too long to figure out you know i'm just gonna I, i'm gonna get a pitch i can do it you know i'm either gonna get a good pitch to bunt or i'm gonna get a ball out over the plate where it's easy to go the other way and until i get two strikes i'm just gonna try and undo that but guys are guys are reluctant to give up the long ball they're reluctant to, to change their swings after they've worked on you know creating a home run swing and they're afraid of failure 
You know, I mean, the one thing I, I think is probably true about all of us is nobody really wants to get a, except for some guys, Carew and, and some guys, nobody, nobody that can hit the ball in the ballpark really wants to, um, you know, give up in a bat trying to get a bunt hit. So the worst thing that can happen to you is, is you try to, you, you try to bunt for a base hit and you make an out and you go, well, I don't know. I made an out and, and, and I had no chance to hit a double or a home run. So people, players don't like that. Right. So there's all of that stuff that's, that's wrapped up in there. But I just, I mean, I would not have been of the personality where I, where I would come back to the bench and say, yeah, if they, if they didn't allow the damn shift, that would have been a hit. <laughs> After I keep walking back with an 0 for 4, I just, I, I just couldn't, have, I couldn't have done that. Which hitter do you think will benefit most from the band shift on the Twins? Oh, there's lots of guys that come to mind, uh, you know, right away. But I think probably Kepler is, uh, I, I think that's been pretty well documented that, you know, he hits an awful lot of balls into right where, where somebody's standing on the uh, on his pull side. Um, probably Gallo to some, you know, to some degree. Uh, when I think about the other guys, um, some of the other guys, Miranda can hit it all over the ballpark and Correa can hit it all over. Um you know, Buck does. Buck wants to pull the ball, uh, pull the ball too. So shifting him way over to the, you know, third base side. I mean, I if I, his speed. If everybody was shifted over to the over to the left side, and he bunted the ball hard at this where the second baseman used to play, he might have a double. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I I think that, you know, he, there's a guy that you know when you have a, that third rail, <laughs> when you have a guy a guy that has that kind of speed uh there's all kinds of things that can happen for you if you if you want them to happen excellent lavelle uh thanks for joining you are in fort myers roy and i have been talking about a lot of twins issues but you're the person on the ground there why don't you kind of take us through uh what you've seen and how concerned you might be about the injuries piling up yeah i, I think it's just depressing that uh isn't that depressing just a little irritating that uh, the Twins have to start the season with, with lingering issues from uh, from last year. Uh, you know, uh, Polanco, you know, having a knee problem, uh, how careful they're being with Buck at the beginning. You know, things that, that just reminds you of how uh, snake bit the Twins were a year ago. Um, other than that, I like the pitch of staff. I like the rotation. I really think the bullpen's upgraded from a year ago uh, with Lopez, being there at the beginning of the year, uh, Giovanni, Giovanni Moran with some experience. Um, Emilio Pagan, he's had some ups and downs still. I, I still have a, a little bit of concern with him, but I think the other pieces in that bullpen, Alcala's healthy, you know, so you got Alcala and you got Lopez feeding into Duran. I think they've got it, they're in good shape there. And defensively, they're going to be good. Even with the, the roster being shuffled because of injuries, um, they do have people who are capable. You know, Gordon's a capable second baseman. Michael A. Taylor is a former Gold Glove and winning outfielder. Uh, now you have to do put Larnick in left if Gallo's at first, and that is a little bit of a drop-off. But I still think they're going to be capable enough uh, defensively. It's funny you guys were talking about uh, the shifting. I, I looked it up, and like Gallo and Kepler were 19th and 20th in the percentage of times they were shifted against uh, as left-handed hitters. Uh, Buxton, shockingly, was shifted against 79% of the time as a right-handed hitter. I thought that was rather high, uh, rather remarkable. Um, but I, I do think that Kepler and Gallo will, will benefit from the lack of a shift. And Justin Morneau uh, told me a couple of days ago he thinks the first time they hit a ground ball, 
that gets to the right side of the infield, there's going to be a psychological lift that comes with that. That's going to benefit them down the road. What do you think the uh, lineup is going to look like with Polanco and Karloff not available early on? Oh, we were just we were just working on the opening day lineup. Uh, Zach Greke is going to be on the mound. Uh, Rocco, if you look at his tendencies during spring training games here lately, he's been batting lead, uh, Gallo leadoff. And I'm, I keep hearing that Gallo is not a big fan of leading off, but he's going to do it for the greater good of the team. So that's something to bear watching. I don't know if I want all those strikeouts in the leadoff spot because it's feast or famine with him. And I don't know if uh, you, you want you want a leadoff hitter to have some semblance of a good at bat. You want him to force the pitcher to throw all his stuff and give your teammates an idea what the pitcher has that day. Um, I Just because of injuries and different outcomes, you know, I was – threw my hands up and said, with Nick Gordon starting at second, I'd lead off Nick Gordon to see, you know, what he could do there. And then go Buxton, then go Correa, uh, maybe Gallon in the cleanup spot, then Miranda, then Kepler, uh, and so on and so forth, and go down that way. Um, but I am I am concerned about this offense, even when people are healthy, man, because we don't have uh, a guy at the top of your order to provide those quality of bats right off the bat. And I don't know if they have a cleanup guy either. So uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how – uh, they are able to sustain offense this year. How's Miranda's shoulder? I think he's going to be fine. Uh, he he played first base the other day. Uh, looked like he had no problem throwing the ball from there. Uh, Rocco is committed to playing Miranda at third base before camp ends, which tells me that if he could play before camp ends, that he can play third base once the regular season begins. So I, I I'm as far as the, compared to the other twins' health issues, I don't think that one is a high priority. Uh, I'm more concerned about when Polanco is going to be online and when they actually will move Buxton from being uh, predominantly a DH to back to playing center field because Buxton's not Buxton unless he's out in the center field taking hits away and saving pitchers ERAs. Roy, do you have a question for, for Lavelle? Yeah. Um, tell me about uh, the injuries specifically to, to uh, Polanco and uh, Kirilov, Lavelle. I mean, what? So uh, Polanco had knee surgery. Are they just being careful with him, or you know, what? What is the timetable exactly? Or is it is it worse than you know than we had hoped? And the same thing with Kirilov. That wrist has been bothering him for a long time. Polanco's been having trouble. Polanco's been having trouble. Um, uh, distancing himself from the knee problems he had a year ago. Um, he came to camp, and there's still some issues there. Uh, it doesn't sound like he needs to go on a, uh, a long-term IL, uh, but you know, all he's been doing recently is taking ground balls and hitting in the cage. He has not played in a minor league spring training game, so he has not played. He's not getting any live swings at all. I don't think he's faced live bat practice yet. So uh, you you think about what it takes for a player to get regular ready for a regular season, I think Polanco's going to miss the first three weeks because uh, he's not he has not seen any game game action. Uh, he is claiming that he's feeling a lot better uh, as, of, as of this week. Uh, I guess he were, came into the camp the other day and said, well, my knee feels good today. Um, so it's getting better, uh, but it's not at the point where you can play games. So you can't really start the clock for him getting ready for the regular season you know, until you can get on the field and play a spring training game. So I, like I said, I'm thinking two to three weeks for the guy here. Um, Kirilov told me that it's just up to pain tolerance for him now. Uh, he's been taking swings. He's been playing first base. He's been playing in spring training games. Uh, but I think they're going to give it a little more time. He may be ready in about two weeks, I would imagine. 
but because you know, he's he's swinging every day and uh, he's testing out the wrist, he's figuring out his his pain tolerance, and, and I would be frustrated too if I'm a Twins fan to hear that that Pe- Kepler, I mean, uh, uh, Kirilov is dealing with a little pain tolerance issue because you know he's had a couple of surgeries on that wrist and he should be he should have this licked, but he doesn't. So uh, from that aspect, it, it would. I, I can understand frustration over him because I think he's a key to the season, keeping that bat in the lineup. But uh, I don't see Karloff being ready for another, you know, couple weeks, and Polanco definitely at least three weeks. And that's yeah, Doctor Neil talking. Talk, that's, that's Doctor Neil I, talking. That's not anybody telling Doctor <laughs> Neil uh, about how much time they're going to be out. I, I just uh, a couple other things that uh, you said, Lavelle. I'll just throw uh, you know throw out this. I, I've been concerned about a cleanup spot, as you guys know, for, you know, five years, but especially <laughs> last, the last five months as, as well. And it's, it's not, it's not, you're right, it's not, it's not solved. And uh, we did a show not too long ago, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, where I kind of threw out the idea of Gallo hitting second uh, behind, uh, behind Buxton just because he, uh, he, he draws a lot of what he does, he does, you know, drags bat back to the, uh, back to the bench striking out you know a lot but but he also walks a lot and uh, his ball of the yard so um i, I think that the, the move from my idea of having him hit second to uh, rocco said i'm gonna lead him off it's it, it's not it's not really surprising to me and and you know you talk lavelle you talk about you don't want a guy striking out there you know all the time at the, at the top spot well you also don't want a guy striking out all the time in the fourth spot you know i mean where else do you where else do you play them? I, you, do, do you put them? And so I, you know, I mean, we, we'll see. They, they're going to have to be real creative with uh, Kirilov and Polanco out because they uh, healthy, healthy and performing the way they can. It was just so important to this lineup. And plus, you know, let's face it too. Rock is going to have about 160 different lineups this year too. Right. And, and that's probably going to entail six different leadoff hitters uh, as we go along here. So. Um, but, you know, I just noticed that Rocco has talked about how he likes Gallo in the leadoff spot, and he has used Gallo in the leadoff spot uh, many uh, several times in the last week or so. And that usually th- this is a stretch of spring training where managers are throwing guys out to do, where they think he, they may bat, bat them. And so that's uh, – that's it looks like Gallo is going to be a leadoff guy at the beginning of the season. Let's see if it works out. Um, and right. Roy, you're right. It's hard to hide strikeouts in the batting order, no matter where you put the guy. Right. Um, but yep. I just wish it was at a Nelson Cruz that you could really re- re- rely on for run production, even though he batted in a third spot. I don't know if they have that. <laughs> they don't. It's what I've been worried about for five yeah. years. Yep. Hey, we need to get uh, Roy back to uh, drinking tequila and Lavelle back to the Scar Bar. So let's wrap up this week's show. Lavelle, just since you've been down there, just tell us, you know, what the mood and level of optimism in that camp is. When I was down there early. Uh, you know, everybody's just thrilled to have Correa there. Everybody was really fired up. Everybody's talking about winning a lot of games. Given all the injuries and all the other challenges now, what is the mood down there? Well, I think it's similar, but they are they are preparing themselves to you know, rely on their depth at the beginning of the year. I still think they're going to pitch and play defense well. And, you know, they're going to win games 3-2, 3-1. You know, uh, you, I don't think you're going to see a robust offense this year. Uh, but – the way they talk about the pitching staff and the addition of Pablo Lopez, you know, and having uh, Tyler Molly healthy and having Sonny Gray healthy and Kenta Maeda back, um, you know, I, it sounds like Bailey Elbert's making another start here tomorrow. 
but I don't know if he's making the team. But he would be the first one called up uh, if he's sent down. I think if something is wrong with that rotation. I will tell you this, guys, uh, talking to scouts in that backfield about Maeda, um, his velocity is down a couple miles an hour. His pinpoint command has not been there. And he's been complaining to umpires about balls and strikes. And when you're doing that in the backfields, that's a guy that's kind of pressing, I think, a little bit. So watch the Maeda situation early on because they may have to rely on their starting pitching depth. That said, I think because of the overall solidness of that pitching staff and the defense that they're going to be in a lot of games, I still think they're going to win. I think they're going to finish over 500. I don't know if they're going to get the 90 wins, but they could uh, win more than 85-86. Interesting. Uh, we, will, we will resume discussions on all these things next week. Thank you for listening to Chin Music. Thanks to Roy for checking in from Zwatanejo. Thanks to Lavelle checking in from Fort Myers. Uh, it's good. It's going to be an interesting early season. I'm not sure how optimistic I am after hearing all this, but we will we will tell you what's going on with the team. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com.